Hi, Somatics. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us for part two with Adam Lazar White. We're so happy to have Adam on the show today. And I'm just going to let you know Adam is an actor, writer, director, producer. Adam just finished writing on NCIS New Orleans CBS for the final season seven. He was a senior writer on Vin Diesel's groundbreaking web series, The Ropes, Netflix, and Adam's original pilots include Win or Misery, a hard-hitting story following an intense young major college football coach juggling big money boosters, press a tragic scandalous campus. Ooh, uh, wait. So let's welcome Adam back to the show because he can explain all his stuff better than I can. Adam Lazar White, welcome back to the show. Adam? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So we were talking about Adam. He is from New York, went to Harvard, was a football quarterback on the Harvard team. He also is a jazz musician. I was trying to see if he would play for us, but he said another show. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, he's he he started um, acting in all these wonderful shows. We learned that he was um uh, was in Young and the Restless, one of my mom's favorite shows, and she's a big fan. And you're gonna have pasta with my mom in Italy soon, you and your wife. So, <laughs> but Adam, so let's uh, if we can um, tell our audience your journey from actor to where you started writing, directing, producing. We would love to find out about all your stuff that you're working on right now. Well, when I was writing, I mean, when I was acting, when I was younger, you know, like I mentioned on Young and the Restless, or or when I did the Temptations miniseries, and I think that was 1999, it won an Emmy. I was writing feature films. And at that time, you know, I was a young guy, I was in my late 20s, early 30s. And the feature films that I wrote, um, on some level, were also to be vehicles for myself. Like, I was this actor-writer. Um, and then um, it wasn't until a bit later um, that I started writing more for television as well. And I think that also come, the world happened, right? Where in 2000, you had The Sopranos and Sex and the City and The Wire and HBO kind of came into the TV consciousness. And then 10 years after that, roughly, you have streaming shows starting, you know, in 2010. And so there was a different kind of television also than there was when I first started in the early to mid 90s, where television was still only network shows. Now, I have been very lucky over the last year to be writing for a network show, a cop procedural, NCIS New Orleans, for incredible writers, Chris Silver and Jan Nash, who are the showrunners and other executive producers, Ron McGee and Chad Gomez-Creasy and Stephanie Rupa, um, where I've learned a tremendous amount working for them and uh, been able to write you know, good crime stories for network television. Um, and that's what I've been doing for the last year. But a lot of my writing has been um, feature films over the years. And um, you described a couple of um, them in your introduction. Um, I love writing and I directed a film for a great producer, Rob Freed. Um, it was actually a short film that he produced and wrote. Um, and it went to the third round of Oscar voting about 200 years. It starred uh, Richard T. Jones and Patrick St. Esprit. Patrick now, he's the captain on the show SWAT, ironically, with Shamar Moore, who was in the post now, and in The Restless for many years in the 90s. And, uh, and Richard T. Jones, who a lot of people know from Why Did I Get Married or from Narcos, uh, but he's the captain on The Wookiee, 
to the rookie. Right. Um, can you say the name of the title again so our audience can hear? Um, it was Oscar nominated, right? You said it was Oscar nominated. What was the no, name? No, it was a short film. And when you write it, when you make a short film, there's a little thing for people that don't know. Unlike feature films, which for, for those listening that don't, don't know the Hollywood lingo, a feature film is like a full length film that you would see in a the theater. With short films, you actually are told about how you're doing as the Academy is looking at films. And we got to the third round of Oscar voting. Oh. But we didn't make it. We, we didn't make the last round, which is the films that are actually nominated for the best live action short. We didn't make it. Oh. Um, well, that's it was still too. a lot of, you know, it was still a lot of great accolades for the film. And I'm very proud of it. And the and, name of the uh, film again is? 200 Years. 200 Years. So it made it to third round of Oscar um, accolades, right? Voting. Voting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I directed that. And um, I'm talking to a producer for a film to shoot in New Zealand right now um, in the co after the COVID year. Um, I'm... I'm I'm trying to set up my next directing um, endeavor. Oh man, yeah. So can you tell us? So, um, so some of the things that you worked on um, during did, did you work on anything COVID? Like, how did COVID change uh, change your life and your art? I, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, in this country and all kinds of businesses were really hurt in their work by the COVID year. And a lot of people in our business in particular were really crushed because actors couldn't work for much of the year. I was a, I was lucky. Um, first of all, as soon as the acting stopped last March, I, as a narrator, I built out my own uh, audio booth in my converted garage so that I could continue narrating audiobook, which I did. And I did like eight books last year. Um, and then as well, um, in by July, I had been hired by NCIS New Orleans, the writer. So I was narrating audiobooks and I was writing all year long. And when the, when the quarantine started in March, um, I had been recurring on a Netflix show, a new Netflix comedy called The Upshaws with Wanda Sykes and Mike Epps. And so when they shut down, um, as soon as they were able to get back up, which I think was in October, we all had to be tested every day and wear PPE, you know, on set. And But I went right back to work and shot four episodes in that kind of strange COVID um, protocol standard shooting um in hollywood so last year i was able to write and narrate and act all all of the above and i i actually strangely had a what we would call a pretty good year yeah so you did a lot of uh you did a lot of audio narratives you were working so how was it working with the, uh with the mat with the COVID procedures was it comfortable uncomfortable as an artist did it by, by October, when we went back, you know, um, I think everybody was just so happy to be back at work that even though it was difficult and odd to be rehearsing in all of the math. So Adam was talking about um, how 
like it was difficult with the mask, but everyone's happy to be back at work. Let me that people were so happy to be back to work at all that I think everybody just kind of accepted the protocols very readily. And, and everybody was going through it, like all the actors, all the producers, all the electricians, you know, the, the teachers who have the kid actors on set, you know what I mean? Like everybody's in the same boat. So there was a little bit of like, we're all in this together was the vibe, you know, and uh, we're just happy to be back to work. Um, so I think everybody was just very thankful. And, um, but it was weird, especially as actors, to be, to rehearse with people with a mask and a face shield on, you couldn't see their expression. Um, but then when they rolled the cameras, uh, you know, a safety person would come over with like a tray and you would take off your mask and your face shield and put it on a tray, they'd close it in a, like a big Tupperware basically, put it aside and you'd do the scene. And when the scene was over, or when the shooting of the scene was over, they'd come back and they'd hand you your stuff and you'd put it right back on. So that the only people that weren't in the PPE were the actors that were on camera. Everybody else, every director, every AD, every PA, every designer, everybody that's on set was in full PPE and less people were on set than would normally be. Oh. You might normally have 50 people on set, so it was like 15. And, you know, people would come in and then leave, do their job, and then, you know, go off set so that you didn't have as large groups, mm. like a skeleton running what they had to do. The cameramen or camera people, I should say, you know, even the makeup people who and hair people who are often right around you, hovering all the time, making little adjustments, they would be much further away. There would be less of them. Um they would come in for less adjustments. You know, everything was adjusted. So it's, it's, it's good to know that people got together and really sharing that because safety is first. And also, you know, you've been doing some audio narratives. Can you also tell them the podcast that you worked on? You were in a radio series drama from uh, writer Brian Herskowitz on the podcast Sterling Stories. We did Identity Theft. And Adam, you did a podcast drama series. Can you tell everyone a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I was very lucky to work with Brian Herskowitz um, uh, and Marilyn. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, I, I was able to play two characters, actually. Um, one named Delroy and one named Joey. Um, Joey Bomani, a gang, Italian gangster, right? <laughs> yeah, like Joey's a Joey's an Italian gangster, and Delroy's a um, a New Orleans African American journalist. So it all comes back to one of your favorite films, that Francis Ford Coppola, The Godfather. You really manifest stuff, Adam. So um, Brian Herskowitz wrote this trippy uh, mystery thriller film noir that we did for a podcast, a little mini series, um, Thrilling Stories podcast called Identity Theft. And it was like twist, twist, twist. And we're not going to give away too much, but Adam Lazar amazingly nailed it. Voiceover actor, you're exceptional, brilliantly done. Um, it's set in New Orleans, set in New Orleans. And I hope that you guys will check out the podcast and listen to how wonderful Adam Lazar, um, White's character, Joey Bomati, and um, your other character, uh, what's his other character? Yeah. Joe, yeah, how great he is. And also your wife, 
uh, it plays cat as well in the, uh, on the podcast. So it's like a, you know. <laughs> My wife uh, is a wonderful actress, Dendry Taylor. And um, she also uh, knows Brian and, and pretty well and um, played a wonderful. Yeah, Adam, Adam Lazar's wife is Dendry Taylor, who plays Kat on the Thrilling Stories podcast and uh, called Identity Theft. So, uh, so see if we got Adam. So, yes. So she, um, she plays this kind of cool, romantic, tough character, um, New Orleans woman. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't want to give anything away. It's a great, it's a, it's a great kind of film noir crime uh, thriller. And uh, if you like that kind of stuff, you're going to love it. Yeah, it's really fun. And we have Emmy winning composer Leonard Wolf on there. But I want to get a little bit more before, um, let's see, uh, how are we doing on time? Yeah, we got a lot of time left. So I want to, um, so Adam, what else? You were talking about your directing and writing. I want to make sure that um, everyone knows your um, your original screenplays include The Brown Bomber with producer Terrence Winter, Boardwalk Empire, Vinyl, Sopranos, which chronicles the astonishing uh, metric rise of young Joe Lewis on the eve of World War II to become the most beloved athlete in the world. I mean, and then there's Keep It Between Us, a six-character cop thriller love triangle, which turns on the dark that's scenes. One, that's what I'm trying to make in New Zealand, that, that six-character cop thriller. Um, yeah, the Brown Bomber is a, is a biopic about Joe Lewis, and um, I'm very lucky to be associated with Terrence Winter, who wrote Boardwalk Empire and Wolf of Wall Street and Vinyl and was also one of the producer writers on The Sopranos. Um, he really liked the script and, and has kind of um, helped me and is shepherding me. And hope, hopefully we'll be able to get that movie made. It's It, it could be a great film. Um, but, you know, I don't want to say much more about it at, at this oh, point. because It sounds fantastic. There. The Brown um, Bomber. So, you know, I hope that phone calls come because I love World War II. Sounds amazing. And so so Keep It Between Us is uh, what you're working on now, right? Yeah, Keep It Between Us is um, kind of a tight thriller to cops um, who there's a lot of secrets. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Narc with Ray Liotta and Jason Patrick, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but it's kind of like Narc meets Sex, Lies, and Videotape. <laughs> there's oh, like right. a love triangle and uh, a lot of kind of secrets and things revealed, but it's, it's what we would call a small movie, as opposed to the, the, the movie I was talking about before where, called The City with the corrupt mayor and the cops. That's more like a big police, political intrigue, organized crime story. And this is more like there's this very bad guy in town and these two cops are tracking him. And then they have some personal betrayals between them. Uh, and a lot of it takes place like in the stakeout car and in two apartments and on a street. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a very um, tight, small story. Um, with a lot of tension and um, good, good, good little crime thriller. Oh, it sounds amazing. And then you have Padre, follows a handsome doctor from New York City, embroiled in a desert noir danger intrigue, a 
of a Texas border town, drug cartels. Yeah, that's also like like identity theft. That's a, kind of a noir story. Um, and again, like a lot of people like to talk about films, it's it's kind of like Hell or High Water meets Donnie Brasco. You know, oh it's like God. a guy undercover, um, this, this doctor who was in the military. Um, so the FBI kind of recruits him, even though he's not an undercover cop, but he's trusted in the town because he's a doctor. And they kind of recruit him essentially to spy on what's going on in the town. And it was based on a true story that I read in the New York Times, I'm sorry, the LA Times many years ago called The Star of Star County. And um, it was about a, a sheriff in a, in a town in, 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 on the border, on a border town in Texas. And it inspired me um, to kind of come up with this, this script that I wrote. Oh, I'd like to point it to, no, it's primarily Latino actors. The, the doctor is Latino and, and most of the characters in the town are Latino. Um, the FBI agents and the doctors in the hospital are, are more of a mixed character, but the world you're in is primarily a Latino world. Oh, it sounds amazing. Also, maybe it could be a podcast uh, drama series, too. I don't know. And then you have High Price, which is a love story. Ooh, a mogul and a princess. That sounds amazing as well. Yeah, yeah. That that's, um, I think I mentioned that earlier. It's like, she's not really a princess, but like she's the daughter of the mayor of L.A., and um he's like a poor kid who um her 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 father is the mayor and her her uncle is the bishop in east l.a and he was like kind of like a homeless kid who worked in the church where her uncle when they were kids um and he kind of fell in love with her so it's um, that's the backstory and now he's a successful kind of mogul thinking someone like puffy or jay-z and he comes back um, you know, and he's 49 and he's still in love with her. It's that kind of story. Oh, great. And then also Ripple. You have Ripple, sudden death of a leader of a 40-ish group of friends. And yeah, that's a movie I just finished. Uh, that's a, a script I just finished. Um, and it's kind of a little bit like The Big Chill. And oh. which is about people whose friend passes away when they're about 40. And they come together for his funeral. It, the event is similar. It's not a similar movie at all. It doesn't all take like that movie takes all takes place like in a weekend around a funeral at one house. My film is more per the name Ripple. It's more about the ripple effects of someone that dies too early and the ripple effects it has on the on the people that were close to him. So there's like three different ripple effects from that death. One is positive, one is negative, and one is kind of in between and up for the audience to decide. Uh, that sounds amazing, The Ripple. And so um, I just want to just recap, because uh, as a director, because I just, I just, it's phenomenal. You your short film reached the third round of Oscar voting for your short 200 Years, which was produced by Rob Freed, a price at a collateral, Rudy from Boondock Sinks. And um, you also co-wrote and produced and starred in Forgiveness, 
with Richard T. Jones, winner of the Martha's Vine Vineyard Film Festival and International Martha Black. Bennett. Yeah. Yeah, Martha's Film Festival. It, it was. It wasn't the winner. It was. A, it was like the H. It one. It, it was like HBO features a film each year at that festival. And it was the HBO featured film, and um, uh, a guy named Hawk Calfani directed it. Uh, Eni Clemens produced it, and I was a producer on it, and I helped write it, um, or rewrite it, I should say. And um, I starred in it with Richard T. Jones and Robin Lee. Richard T. Jones was also in my short, start to see, we all have like a little circle of artists that we work with. Um, Richard T. Jones plays a, a minister in like a mega church in Mississippi, and I play a police a, a detective. And uh, I don't want to give anything away, but forgiveness is a, something something nefarious is going on. And uh, I'm kind of after Richard. And Robin Lee plays his wife, the first lady of the church. And Hot Kalfani did a great job bringing us all together and putting this movie together. It won a lot of uh, black film festivals around the country. I think, it, I mean, several. And it, we really swept the San Diego Black Film Festival, where Richard won Best Actor, I won Best Supporting Actor, Robin won Best Actress, um, and I th and uh, I think the film won Best Film. Uh, Congratulations! And, yeah, that was a, a great experience, and uh, my kind of partner in crime, Eni Clemens, not literally partners, but we've been friends for twenty years. He's now a producer for uh, Dr. Dre and uh, F. Gary Gray. Um, he was one of the producers on uh, Straight Outta Compton, and he has a new show on television right now called Sneakerheads on uh, Netflix. And um, we're trying to do some things together too, a new show perhaps. And we'll see. Yeah. A lot of turns in the fire. Oh, and I'm sure it will happen. And also, I want our, our, our all the fans and listeners to know that Adam, you also adapted and produced TV movies for Procter and Gamble, Just Passing Through, and What Angels mm -hmm. Fears, which both won Emmys for regional TV. And Adam, you won regional Emmys as a leader actor in both. I mean, Adam, you're spectacular. Congratulations on just your fabulous writing, directing, producing, and acting. And I want everyone to know that you wrote the stage play for known circle rep West entitled Family. <laughs> and then also, yeah. I want uh, if you could tell us a little bit because Adam, you're currently recurring, and this year on the Upshaws and Netflix, um, are you allowed to say anything about that? Yeah, uh, it's a great comedy. Um, you know, most of you know Mike Epps and Wanda Folks, who are the leads, um, along with Kim Fields, who I worked with on one of my first jobs in Hollywood when I was on Living Single. Um, as Khadijah's boyfriend, that's Latifah, you know, Latifah's character. Um, her, one of her roommates on that show was Kim Fields. Um, and uh, she, yeah, exactly. Um, and um, she is married to Mike Epps on the show. They have kids, teenage kids. And Wanda Sykes plays Kim's older sister. And um my character uh gets involved with wanda and therefore involved with the rest of uh the 
crew. Um, I don't want to give much away about the story. I just want to say that it's um, it's an incredibly funny um, like sitcom um, on Netflix, and um, because it's on Netflix rather than network TV, um, it's not as censored. Well, there's some there's some uh, uh, funnier, rougher language in the show <laughs> as well, um, which is great, especially when you have great comic geniuses like Mike Epps and, and Wanda Sykes at work. Um, and uh, the creators of the show are, are amazing. Um, and uh, the casting people are amazing. The whole crew is amazing. It's a, it's a great experience. It's really wonderful. It's really funny. Um, and when it comes out, uh, people should definitely, when they want to have a good, warm family night at TV and have a good laugh, turn on the Upshaws. Ah, oh, that's going to be good. The Upshaws at Netflix. So, um, Adam, what what's coming up for you? And uh, where can our audience and people um, keep up with what you're doing? And is there a Facebook page, a website page? Yeah, I mean, I think um, easiest way to check me out is um, I have two websites. Uh, one is just my name, www.adamlazarwhite.com. Um, and that really focuses mostly on my work as an artist, uh, voice actor, on-camera actor, um, writer, director. Um, and then there's another website, actingtruth.com, which is... I own my own acting studio where I teach acting. I've taught acting for like 20 years. Um, and that is another way to kind of check me out. And Acting Truth is the moniker for that. So like, on, you know, the handle on, on Instagram and Twitter is ALW Acting Truth for that if you're looking to study acting. And uh, for me personally, um, you know, just it's just my name on Twitter, A. Lazar White. At A. Lazar White, and on Instagram, it's um, at Real Adam LW. Um, and um, yeah, it's pretty pretty easy to find me. Oh, great! And then, are uh, can can people from all over the world do your class? Is it online? Your the the real the real um, acting truth is it yeah. online? So, yeah. So since COVID happened, I moved all my classes onto Zoom classes. And um, I teach audition and self-tape classes, um, scene study classes, although less of that because that's a little harder um, over Zoom. Uh, monologue and character class, which is actually taught by Denry Taylor, my wife, who went to NYU at Tisch and has incredible training um, in the classics and in theater and um, she teaches that class. She also teaches a dialects class where you can kind of basically learn the real technique of the phonetic alphabet and how to work on dialects. And um, when you're done with the class, um, you will have three dialects that fit your casting that you, quote, have in your pocket. So like for someone like me, having certain, you and I look very different, not, not even the gender part, but you might do different accents than I would do, right? I might do a Jamaican accent and a Southern accent and a New York accent and a, maybe a North African accent like Algerian or something like that, um, or a Haitian accent, whereas you might do an Irish, a British, and a French, or an Italian, 
um, and a Southern and a Midwest, whatever you think you're going to work on, work as the most. So if you have a certain kind of look, you might think you look more like Texas than you look like, I don't know, uh, Boston. Mm -hmm. um, although those are probably two accents that you would want to learn. The same person would want to learn those. Right, yeah. the, the rough, the, the rough-looking blonde uh, woman who plays tough working-class blonde, uh, you know, women in a trailer park. Like, you should have a Southie Boston accent, and you should have a Texas accent in your pocket. Um, you're going to work that way. Um, so that's another class she teaches, and I also teach a text analysis class, um, which is really the first step in acting: is looking at your material and your your script and and learning how to make choices. And, as an actor um so yeah audition and self tape text analysis monologue dialects all of those classes are available on zoom and i'm hoping with the vaccines rolling out that we'll be having some live classes come june oh beautiful well we just wanted to thank you so much for being on the show today adam and um so once again can you repeat that for our audience so they know where to um take classes with you if they want to actingtruth.com that's it and then if they want to catch up and see where your films are and your TV shows and your directing and your audio narratives, it's adamlazarwhite.com. Right? That's it. Yeah. Well, we enjoyed having you on the show today, but I want to have you come back as well in the future and sing on the show. You know, I'm going to try to get you to do that. <laughs> well, I wish you all the success in the world. I'm, I'm rooting for the Brown Bomber. I really like that one. And I can't wait to hear what has been greenlit and what you're working on next. But we're going to, um, I can't wait to see the upshaws on Netflix with you in it. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Until next week, cheers, everybody. And we will um, see you next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>